Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome into the nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you here on a Tuesday night. I actually was not supposed to be doing a show tonight. Sabres supposed to be playing at 7.30 tonight, but due to weather, of course, as we all know, that game has been postponed. The second postponement for the Sabres in the last week or so. It's going to be well over a week since the last time the Sabres played. If their game on Thursday against the Detroit Red Wings does go through, but... I'll take having a show. I have no problem with doing that at all. I do want to jump right into a tweet I just got. If you weren't listening earlier to Shope Bulldog, Bulldog is off this week, so it was just me and Mike Shope today. Had a number of guests. Very, very good show. One of the topics, though, me and Shope talked about was cereal and chocolate-covered you know, foods, like just chocolate-covered you know, salty foods, like chips, Chex Mix, pretzels. Like, Does it just make it better? And one of, them, one of the conversations we then had about was cereal. And I got a tweet here. Both at me and show, cereal has nothing to do with breakfast. It is a before bed cuisine. Because I am, I I used to be a cereal eater, and now I I don't really eat a ton of breakfast. I know it's bad for me. No one needs to tweet at me saying like the breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I, I'm fine. G- give me like two meals and a ton of snacks throughout the day. I am fine. I I guarantee my metabolism will hate me in a few years. But for right now, that's how we're going with it. With that being said. Cereal is a before-bed cuisine. My dad would agree so hard on that point. I've never seen that man have a bowl of cereal in the morning. I have seen him hundreds of times have a bowl of cereal before bed. And, and like that's like, is there really that many foods that are actually designated to very specific times of the day? Lunch and dinner I usually put together. Brunch is a made-up word. It's not really a thing. We're going to completely go past that. And then there's breakfast. Like scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs to me is breakfast, right? Like that, like that is breakfast. No doubt. You can have it at other times of the day. I mean, there's the whole like, you know, having breakfast for dinner kind of deal. Love doing that. Loved as a kid. Still crave that every now and then. I'm not a big breakfast food person, but that's the thing too. Like what is breakfast food? Home fries, I guess, would also be considered a breakfast food. I've, I've said scrambled eggs. I agree with this guy on Twitter with the whole cereal is a dinner cuisine or a before bed cuisine. Fully agree. Fully agree. But how many foods are actually like designated for certain times? Steak to me is, is has become like it's dinner. After like 4.30, you're allowed to have it. Before that, you're kind of a weirdo. But then there is sort of like that, that weird wiggle room where like certain entrees, are more, you know, breakfast sort of ideas. Very weird, very weird. As a foodie myself, I kind of eat whatever I'm craving. I'm a big, you know, taco person and all that stuff. And if I could, and if it was socially acceptable, I'd have tacos three times a day. Three meals a day, no problem. I, I would enjoy it every single time. And I'm not talking breakfast tacos. I'd have a cheeseburger whenever I want. But steak to me, as much as I love steak, I don't know if I could do it for breakfast. There's There's like a certain window there for me where I can start having it. And I, I would say like 4.30 p.m. is like a really good cutoff point. Because before that, I just feel like I'm breaking all kinds of rules in the world. And I don't want to do that. Before we you know, jump into the rest of the show, quick update for everything. Of course, as me being the one talking tonight, no Sabres game tonight. It was postponed due to, of course, the weather here in Buffalo over the Christmas weekend. I hope everyone is doing safe and they're doing well. 
I you know was was very lucky. I was stuck here over over the Christmas break, which you know if you've been listening to the show, you do know that I got stuck here until around Sunday afternoon. I got home. Family is safe. Everyone's good. I hope everyone else is doing well. It does sound like more of the driving bans are being lifted. People are being able to get out of their homes, which is wonderful to hear. However, I do know the death tolls are are I think around thirty, and that is always heartbreaking, no matter what. So the Sabres game did get can or did get postponed. I don't think there's been a date yet. I haven't seen one. The Sabres said they were going to be tweeting out one, or at least when it got confirmed ASAP. That was yesterday. I've not seen one since. Thursday, though, looks to be their next game. That is against the Detroit Red Wings. They host them. We'll see what happens there. The Buffalo Airport is not projected to open until tomorrow around 11 a.m. And if you do want to read more, our own Paul Hampson has more at our website at WGR550.com. I think he has got two pieces up today. And the big news out of the NFL today, which is something I do want to talk about real quick before we talk into more of the broad topics for tonight. Three-time Defensive Player of the Year, J.J. Watt, announced his retirement from the NFL. At least this will be his final season. He's been in the NFL since 2011, 10 years with the Houston Texans, these last two with the Arizona Cardinals. Watt, to me, is a lot like Aaron Donald. I don't know if I'd ever say Watt's like the greatest edge rusher of all time. Like To me, Aaron Donald feels like the greatest defensive tackle of all time. I, I feel very comfortable in saying that. Watt, though, to me, is still one of the best defensive players I've ever watched in my generation. Especially when you look at the team he was on, the Houston Texans, and they weren't good. DeAndre Hopkins and, and J.J. Watt did so much with a really poor organization, really until Watson had got there his last few years in Houston. But you know, Watt started to get injured a lot. He was not the same player he was in the you know late 2010s, where he was really, really a force of nature, five-time first-team All-Pro. He seemed just like, to me, him and Donald were the two guys on defense that really had a strong argument for actually being the MVP of the league. Especially, I can't remember exactly which year it was. I'm going to try to look it up and try to find out. It may have been their first playoff win with J.J. Watt, but I just remember him just, he was the reason they were good. Like, just flat out the reason they were even remotely good. And it's he's a 20-sack guy twice, 17 and a half as well, 16 in 2018. There was this five-year window here where he was just untouchable. He wins the defense player of the year his second year in the league in 2012. They go 12-4, yes. So it would have been that year where it just it did feel like he just dragged them to a you know solid record. Matt Schaub, I think TJ Yates starts that playoff game against Cincinnati that they win. God, now I'm now I'm now I'm going down a rabbit hole. We got to figure this out. It, it oh, it's got to be TJ Yates because this goes against Andy Dalton. No, it was Matt Schaub. Arian Foster, remember that, you know. But he was just—he was such an electric player for his entire career, really. And even you know, there's the jokes that former you know Buffalo Bill JJ Watt, because there was the constant rumors that he was going to sign here. The Bills really wanted him, and all that stuff never came to pass, which ultimately has really worked out for the Bills. He is not the player necessarily that you thought he could be. Injuries really have derailed his career. Um, pretty aggressively, but without I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, he is going to be a Hall of Famer, first ballot, the first Houston Texan, I believe, to be put into the Hall of Fame, and I don't think there's anyone even slightly more deserving, outside of like Andre Johnson, who he himself was always just a horribly underrated receiver, just because the quarterbacks he played with were just atrocious. Uh, Matt Schaub was one of them as well, but... Now I'm going through Andre Johnson's stats just because we're going to go down this Houston Texans rabbit hole. Yeah, he had a number of 1,500-yard seasons, a number of over 1,000-yard seasons, just a huge body, 6'3", 230, mammoth of a man. But the Houston Texans, they've had incredibly talented players. I've, I've named three of them. Arian Foster, I've named four of them. But just they're going to be the first overall pick this year. I think they're going to probably draft Bryce Young. I don't know if there's necessarily another quarterback worth taking at number one overall. I know I've seen some in the draft circles. I think Mel Kuyper even in his initial you know big board for the quarterbacks has Will Levis as the number one talent. He has probably, I would say, the best arm talent. We'll dive more into the draft as you know we get closer to that, probably well after the Bills are eliminated from the playoffs. We'll jump really into that as well. But Houston's going to take quarterback, but they just seem so far off. 
They really do. I, I'm fine that they're rebuilding. I always kind of root for tanks and rebuilds because I think that that's the way to do it. It's it, the, the, the negative way to do it. The way you don't do it is to constantly ignore the fact that you need a rebuild. I like that Houston has done that. They're gonna throw they're gonna throw their hat in the ring now of the tank and and see if Bryce Young or, or whoever they pick at quarterback is the guy. I like that they gave Davis Mills an honest chance to try to hold out of that job. He couldn't, but they've got a long way to go. But at least JJ Watt in five years is gonna really give them sort of that positive of hey you know remember the great years. I mean he led them to two playoff wins or he was a major part of two or or three playoff wins. And you, you can't take that away. He, he's an incredible player. One of only three defense players in. NFL history to win player of the year three times. The other two being Aaron Donald, who I've mentioned is to me, the greatest defensive tackle in NFL history. I don't even know if that's necessarily up for debate. He really is just a constant force. I think Eric eager today as well from Sumer sports even brought up today as well that like Aaron Donald may have been the best player in the NFL for like the last decade. I would agree with that as well. I oftentimes the best player in the NFL is not actually a quarterback. It is one of these freak-of-nature defensive players. I think as well, like another person that comes to mind, for me at least, is Randy Moss in his early, I'd say probably first five years in the NFL, was just head and shoulders above so many other players. It, I, I don't care about quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Like He was so far ahead of like anybody else. I'd say as well, like Earl Campbell during his run in the NFL. He had a shorter career, but I'd say Earl Campbell during his run was probably the best player in the NFL. It's very rarely quarterbacks. Very, very rarely quarterbacks. Maybe in maybe in the 80s, Marino had, a, had like maybe a two-year run there where he was. But Watt, to me, has had a, a run there in at least two, one of his 20-sack seasons where he's probably the best player in football. But Aaron Donald, to me, yeah, you, you can make the argument that for 10 years, if we're just not value, but just straight up the best football player, Donald probably is up there. And then Lawrence Taylor. Who to me, I've never seen, obviously, Lawrence Taylor play live. I've only seen really highlights. I know of the story of Lawrence Taylor. Um, but to many, still to this day, he is considered the best defensive player of all time. And I very rarely really hear arguments to that. I mean, you'll have positional battles then, you know, with cornerbacks and safeties, linebackers. But he also changed the edge rusher, or really the linebacker position of being an outside linebacker and being a pass rusher and being somebody that can absolutely blow up a play on any given down. Micah Parsons is very much in that mold of Lawrence Taylor. Von Miller is as well, where he's technically a linebacker, but, you know, we all know where he's lining up. It's at the edge, and he has got one job, annihilate the quarterback. So I think the NFL is definitely going to miss J.J. Watt. Number one, one of the good guys around the NFL as well, and just a supreme talent, but good for him to get out a lot of injuries. And, of course, we're not going to you know be without a Watt brother. T.J. Watt is still a force of nature in the NFL. He is exceptional as well. It's going to be really cool that probably – both of those brothers are going to be Hall of Famers, so that'll be really, really cool. And then UB today. UB football, their game, their bowl game started at noon. I watched, I think, the first half before I had to uh, get over here to work. They take down Georgia Southern 23-21 to in the Camellia Bowl, which is, is it Alabama's, like, flower? Is that what it is? I know the game took place in Montgomery, Alabama, so I just, I, I got to imagine that's, like, their their state flower. I don't know. I know every state has a flower, and I could not care less to find out which one is which I'm not a flower guy. I'm not a herbologist or anything like that. Mm, not, I, I don't really get plants. I like salads. Salads are kind of cool. Some vegetables are solid. That's about it. But this is UB's third bowl win in four years. I think that program, when I, when I was going to those games when I was younger, like them getting like six first downs would have been a huge moment. They had like the one Mac championship with, oh, I want to say their quarterback's name was Drew Willie. I saw a bowl game there when I went up to Toronto, I think the international bowl. But to see UB football really taking that step forward is really, really nice. I, I, I hope the basketball program gets back to where they were, at least somewhat. I, you know, Nate Oates has proven that he's a top 10 coach in all of college basketball. But I hope the basketball program gets back there because, as many people do know who have listened to the station, I am a huge college basketball junkie. And it was a lot of fun when both Bonaventure and UB were really, really good. Both, both the men and women's team for UB were exceptional. And it was a lot of fun to, to watch those teams, to, to keep track of them, to you know turn on ESPN at eight at night, and oh my gosh, UB's you know playing West Virginia, and, and UB's favored, and then they and they put up ninety on them. It was one of those cooler eras of you know Buffalo sports was just watching those college teams be as good as they were. With that being said, I do want to talk a lot of about the NFL tonight, especially the AFC playoff picture. The LA Chargers did lock in their spot. 
last night with a win over the Colts. Really never in doubt either. Nick Foles looked terrible. Uh, I don't... His career is fascinating, Nick Foles. You can never take 2017 away from him. You can never take the fact that he threw seven touchdown passes in a game away from him. And he had a year, I want to say 25 touchdowns to two interceptions, I think in that in that same year. You can never take that away from Nick Foles. He has had moments of complete brilliance where just it makes sense why he's able to deal and and 27 and 2. My god. His second year in the league, 24 years old, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. Shy under 3,000 yards. Seven of those in one game against the Raiders. I remember that game. That was very weird. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co-worker of yours celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster temper pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 month special financing only at ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. But he just has such like a rocky everything else. That single season and the 2017 playoff run. Everything else is just very, uh, what are we getting here? But they were so electric. His playoff run, of course, he, in maybe the greatest play, a quarterback duel of all time, Tom Brady versus Nick Foles in that game, just if we're looking at pure stats. Tom Brady throws for over 500 yards and still loses. And he out and Foles outdueled him. Like, he, like he's had these moments of greatness. But you can see why he was never a franchise guy. He has all the talent in the world, just cannot sustain it for long periods. Even in 2018, when Carson Wentz was still hurt and they, you know, they were playing Foles as well. Foles didn't look like he did in the playoffs. And then when he signs that big contract with Jacksonville, he gets hurt early. He had like one good throw, but for the rest of it, you're just like, eh. He's not that good. He's not that good. But he's had his moments in the playoffs for Philadelphia Eagles fans where, and of course how the Carson Wentz thing ended, he is going to just be remembered so fondly in that city, which is a testament to his ability because that city is a rough one to be beloved in. There are very few players in my mind, especially on the Eagles, who can truly say that they are beloved players in that city and with that fan base. So good for him on that. I do now, jumping into the AFC playoff picture, though. The Chargers locked in their seed. They can jump from the 6th or 7th. I think they can also maybe get the 5. But I I don't, no, I I don't think so. I think at this point now, Cincinnati and Baltimore have really kind of locked in either the 3 or 5, depending on who ends up winning that division. And the Chargers can move to 7, which is right now occupied by the Miami Dolphins. We don't really know what's going on with the the Tua situation. That could really be a big part of what happens with the Miami Dolphins. It does seem like, though, the seventh seed is really going to be taken up by three teams. Pittsburgh, I guess, is in there. I'm not really going to throw them out there. It really does feel like Miami, New England, and the Jets are going to be those teams that are going to try to grab the seventh seed. And Mike was bringing up a lot today, too, of, like, you know, who would you want to take on that two seed? Who could be, you know, of course, the Bills, who are right now the one seed, but they can fall. The Chiefs or the Cincinnati Bengals. Like who who do you who do you want to actually play those those teams to maybe get rid of one of them? And we heard a lot of people say the Jets. And the defense, yes. The defense, absolutely. I think they can give both teams a ton of fits. I think especially Cincinnati. And that's mainly because where Allen and Mahomes are very, very good at escaping sacks and really extending plays, Burrow to me is just flat out not. And with Lyle Collins out 
for the rest of the season where they tore an ACL and MCL. That could be a really, really difficult run for the Bengals to deal with, especially because Burrow can at times just stand in the pocket and just continue to take sacks. And sacks are drive killers, especially on second and third down. I know the Bills have had their run of third and longs giving them up. That uh, To me, I don't think that's going to continue. That just a run of terrible luck. But I think the Jets is an interesting answer, especially with Mike White. You give him two more games, and if they get in, I mean, if they get in, that means he's been playing well. That means they've won two in a row, which I believe. So I've got the ESPN playoff machine up. So New York plays Seattle. It's at Seattle. Seattle's defense is atrocious. Geno Smith's playing great. NFC Pro Bowler as well. Great for him. But there's something about Mike White. I don't love him, but I also really kind of like him. I like what he does. I think he's incredibly limited, but he still does enough. So if the Jets win Seattle, let's go to the other AFC East matchup, Miami at New England. I'm going to take New England in this matchup because of everything that's going on with Tua. I'm going to take New England there. And if that happens, so if the Jets beat Seattle and if Miami loses to New England, New England's the seventh seed. Let's actually run through the whole Week 17 schedule. Cowboys at Tennessee. Cowboys easily. Malik Willis is going to be the starting quarterback there for Tennessee. I, that team is spiraling and hurtling like a meteor towards an aggressive rebuild. It's going to be really, really interesting to watch, especially because they they seem to be a team that wants to compete, but I could see them also being a team that's willing to trade guys like Derrick Henry to really fast-forward that rebuild. Next game doesn't really play any dividends at all in the AFC. Arizona at Atlanta. I'll take Arizona here just because... With Trace McSorley, they were able to take Tampa Bay to overtime. I think they'll just beat Atlanta. Chicago-Detroit, I'm going to take Detroit here, even though Detroit seems to be a really ugly team that they will constantly cause problems for, which will be good. That actually would put them in the seventh seed in the NFC. That would be interesting. Jacksonville-Houston, I think Jacksonville, come on, don't don't, don't screw this up in Houston. You have, a, you have a great tank going. Do not botch that to Chicago. I'm going to take Jacksonville there. Denver-Kansas City, nope, Kansas City. Indianapolis-New York. Giants, and I'm going to take the Giants there. The Giants right now, if they win that game 9-6-1, and one, I think they're locked into the sixth seed there. NFC East, man, they have just, they went from kind of like a laughing stock of the NFL to, depending on the day, they have four, all four teams in the in the playoffs. I, I know the NFC is not better than the AFC, but all four, really? That's, that's interesting. New Orleans at Philadelphia, even with Gardner Minshew, I thought Gardner Minshew actually showed a lot against the Dallas Cowboys, and New Orleans, to me, shows absolutely no fight every single week. Carolina at Tampa Bay. I'm going to go Carolina here. I don't like a single thing about Tampa. I didn't like how Brady performed on Sunday Night Football this past week on Christmas. And Carolina, to me, I don't know, like that rushing attack, the fact that Sam Donald's playing somewhat clean football. And to be honest, again, like just Tampa, there's nothing really positive there. This feels like a game they would drop in the middle of a playoff race. In playoff race, they'd be 7-8 and eight at that point, losing that game. I'm sorry, they'd be 7-9 if they lose that game. So, like, eh, playoff race, a little interesting. Cleveland at Washington. I'm going to take Washington in this game just because they've got to fight. They're fighting for their lives at that point. If they win that game and Detroit wins theirs, Washington will move back into the seventh seed. So Washington keeps their playoff hopes alive. San Francisco at Raiders. San Francisco easily. Brock Purdy, to me, has just been very, very good for them. Very, Basically a stalwart situation for them I really really like what he does and you know Chris McCaffrey George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk by the way is turning into a really 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 good route runner doing a lot for them at the receiver position especially with Debo Samuel out and if they get him back for the playoffs ooh, could be a real problem Minnesota at Green Bay I'm gonna take Minnesota here I don't like almost anything that Minnesota does but they just win close games and Green Bay to me just does not do enough even slightly Rams at Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers there. Of course, that keeps them in the sixth seed. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. I'm going to take Baltimore here, even if it's Tyler Huntley. Pittsburgh, to me, Kenny Pickett, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to like what Pittsburgh does. And it does feel like Mike Tomlin is going to work his way into an above 500 season. But I think that ends here with Baltimore. It's a divisional matchup, Sunday Night Football. And I think the Baltimore Ravens can do it. They're not really playing for their playoff lives, but I like them to do it. Ooh, if Pittsburgh wins this, though, LA's not locked into the five seed. That's interesting. I thought they were. If Pittsburgh wins that game, the Chargers, and if the Chargers win theirs, of course, they'll move into the fifth seed. Baltimore will move into the sixth seed. That could be a potential 
six-seed Ravens versus a three-seed in Cincinnati. That actually would be kind of cool. Do I want to take the Steelers here now? Just just for the fun matchup, I'm going to. And then I'm going to take the Bills over Cincinnati. I know in the AFC reverse power rankings today, I had Cincinnati as one still. And that's more or less just because I do like what Cincinnati's doing. They haven't lost yet, so for me, there's no reason to move them. They've had close games, of course, with New England. The Bills have had close games. I do think the Bills' defense is better than the Cincinnati Bengals' defense. However, I do think the offensive playmakers for the Cincinnati Bengals are a threat. They are very, very, very good. And they do make me nervous. But I do like the Bills' chances of winning this game, mainly because the Bills have shown over the last few weeks that they really do rise to the opponents they're playing. Detroit, that Thanksgiving game, showed that uh, Detroit's pretty good, and the Bills played them really, really well. And the defense is getting healthier. Obviously, no Von Miller. And... Let's see if the Bills can get Stephon Diggs going. I think they will just because they they know they're going to need to use him. And I think the last few weeks of showing that the run game can do something, I think it will force Cincinnati to somewhat honor it where other teams in the past really haven't had to. So with that Week 17 schedule done, we'll run through both the conferences just to kind of see what each playoff matchup is. In the AFC, the first round by and the number one seed goes to the Buffalo Bills. Your wild card games, the two-seed Kansas City Chiefs versus the seven-seed New England Patriots, three-seed Cincinnati Bengals versus the six-seed in the Baltimore Ravens, and the four-seed Jacksonville Jaguars versus the five-seed Los Angeles Chargers. In the NFC, the first-round bye goes to the number one seed in Philadelphia. Then you have the second-seed Minnesota Vikings hosting the seven-seed Washington Commanders, the three-seed San Francisco 49ers hosting the six-seed New York Giants, and the four-seed Carolina Panthers hosting the five-seed Dallas Cowboys. Real quick. On the Dallas Cowboys, who have had just an awful playoff record since the 90s, and even with Dak and, and Romo never even had a play, playoff win, that would be a sneaky game that I know a lot of betters would jump on just to, because it's Mike McCarthy, it's Dallas. Is Carolina that the Seattle Seahawks team from 2010, the Marshawn Lynch team with, with, the, uh, with the Beast Quake, was that, was that the run called? I don't know. Great run, though. If you know the run I'm talking about where he just bulldozes like seven or eight New Orleans Saints players, that could be that game where Dallas is just kind of this, they're good, but they're not great. They have clear issues, but their highs have been great. And all of a sudden they lose to Carolina at home. I think they could absolutely happen. But moving on to week 18, Tampa Bay at Atlanta. I am going to take Tampa Bay there. I don't think they're that bad. Bills at Patriots. The Bills are going to have to play that game seriously just because, of course, the Chiefs in my, in you know in this bracket because they did not lose to Denver, they're going to have to stay alive. And I'm taking the Bills there. I think New England's a bad football team. I think they could sneak in into the playoffs, but to me, they just they have no answers at all for the Bills' offense. So we're going to take Bills against Patriots, Minnesota at Chicago, Minnesota there, Baltimore at Cincinnati. That's the division right there. If Baltimore wins that, Baltimore takes the AFC North. Cincinnati will move to the 5C where they take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. If Cincinnati wins that game, nothing changes. Baltimore's the 6, Cincinnati's the 3, and they play each other a week later. I love that. That's what I want right there. Give me another AFC North matchup. Have them play each other one more time for the division. I've got to imagine at that point Lamar is back. He plays week 18, tries to win the division. I'm not going to give it to him, though. I, that receiver room is so bad. It's so bad. Sammy Watkins had a nice play, but there's just no, nothing there really. Lions at Green Bay. I'm going to take Green Bay there. I like Green Bay's defense and that running performance or that run defense performance by the Lions against Carolina. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are very, very good. I think they could just hand the ball off and just whittle them down. And at that point, I believe as well the Lions season would essentially be done unless a few other things in the NFC happen, but I don't imagine they will. Houston at Indianapolis. I'm going to take Indianapolis there. Tennessee at Jacksonville. The battle for the AFC South, for me, it's an easy, easy pick. We talked a little bit about it in the AFC reverse power rankings. I don't think there's two teams more polar opposite of one another at the current moment. Tennessee is on a losing streak. I think they're going to lose again in Week 17. And I think Jacksonville is going to win again in Week 17. To me, I know it comes down to the AFC South for this matchup. But to me, I think it's very clear Jacksonville wins that game. They finish the season 9-8 and as the four seed. Way to pull it around when they had, what, two and seven? Way to pull that around. And the Jets versus the Dolphins. To me personally, I think at this point, two is going to be out for the year. I am going to take the Jets there. I think the Jets are going to be playing for their lives. And the team loves Mike White. They're going to rally around him. 
And I think you're going to have a guy like Garrett Wilson, yes, a rookie. I think he is going to pop off against a lot of these teams. Carolina at New Orleans. I'm going to take Carolina here, which will mean they win the NFC South, even with Tampa Bay beating Atlanta because of Week 17. I had Carolina beating Tampa. New York at Philadelphia. I think at this point they're 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 sitting players in Philadelphia. So I think New York is going to win that game. That locks them into the sixth seed at 10-6-1. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. I'm going to take Pittsburgh there. Cowboys at Washington. I'm going to take the Cowboys in that one as they, I think, are going to try to just kind of lock up the five seed. Not really have any worry. I don't think they're going to have a worry anyways at all. Chargers at Broncos. I'm taking the Chargers there. I think the Chargers are going to, are going to finish with a really good record on a really, really good run here. Kansas City, Vegas, Kansas City easily. They're going to be the two seed. Arizona and San Francisco, San Francisco easily for me. And the Rams and Seattle. I'm going to take Seattle there. The Rams, I think they're kind of they're wrapping it up a little bit. And while like Baker Mayfield's had a pretty good run, I'm going to take Seattle there. And now, before we hit our first break, go through the go through both playoffs if this is how the last two weeks play out. In the AFC, your first round by and your number one overall seed is the Buffalo Bills at a record of 14-3. Your wild card games see the second seed Kansas City Chiefs at 14-3 versus and hosting the seven seed New York Jets at 9-8, which they've had a rough run here. But if they're able to get Mike White in and actually you know put together two straight wins, and that would be against Seattle and Miami, I think they absolutely earn getting in that first wild card game. And definitely a wild card game I would love to watch. I hope that would be the early one. That's I want that to be the early one. Then your next game would be the three-seed Cincinnati Bengals hosting again for the second week in a row, the six-seed in the Baltimore Ravens, and then your final AFC wildcard game, the four-seed Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the L.A. Chargers. Over in the NFC, the first-round bye will go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Your wildcard game, see the second-seed Minnesota Vikings hosting the seven-seed Washington Commanders. Your three-seed San Francisco 49ers against the six-seed New York Giants, and then a game that I think could be very interesting betting-wise, and even game-wise, four-seed Carolina Panthers hosting the five-seed Dallas Cowboys. That's just how I think it could wind up, of course, after Week 17. I think we'll run through this again as well to kind of get a good look at what the playoffs could be because we're starting to, you know, there's we're at this point now, there's not 15 teams that are vying for a playoff spot. There's really about three or four in both conferences, but I think right there, you know, looking at this right now, I think, of course, the matchups I'd be looking at the most, of course, in the AFC Baltimore at Cincinnati. Give me an AFC North matchup. Their third time they would play each other this year. I think that'd be awesome. And really, I'd watch all the wild card games. I think the Jets could be a really feisty team for the Kansas City Chiefs and absolutely could be a stunning upset. And the Chargers versus Jacksonville, I think those two those two teams are actually way closer than the record says. And it's only a two-game difference, but Jacksonville to me actually feels like an 11-6 team where the Chargers more feel like a 9-10 win team. So I think that could be fun. The Giants and, and 49ers, they've had some really big duels in the playoffs in years past, especially in the early 2000s and the late 90s. And then, of course, as well, as I said, Dallas and Carolina could be a lot of fun. We're going to take a quick timeout. We come back. We'll talk a little more NFL, especially the MVP conversation, as I think that might be wrapped up and why it could be a good thing for the Bills going forward. We're going to do it when we come back here on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. No Sabres game tonight got postponed due to, of course, the inclement weather that has been affecting Buffalo the past about four or five days and still really much, very much feeling the after effects of that storm. Hope everyone is safe. Hope everyone is with their families. Had a wonderful Christmas as, as much as you could. So hopefully if you're turning in, or tuning in, excuse me, not turning in, tuning in, you're having a good time, you're enjoying yourself, a little distraction, I decided to go on the ESPN's playoff maker and just kind of run through the next two games, week 17, 18, just pick them, you know, just and and not a ton of thought into it. I, I wasn't necessarily looking, except for really the AFC North, but we'll get to that. I wasn't necessarily looking at, you know, exactly what games I, I want to, you know, see and, 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 you know, why I want this team in. Just let's pick them. Let's see what teams wind up in where they're at. So I tweeted out before we went to, or after we went to the break, which of these potential AFC wildcard matchups would be your favorite? You can tweet at me at Zachary Jones198 if you want to give your thought as well. The three games are Jets at Chiefs, that'd be the seven versus the two, Ravens at Bengals, six versus three, and then Chargers at Jaguars, the five versus the four. We got some nice tweets coming in as well. Just, you know, and I'd like that it's a bit of a mix. The clear favorite, though, as well, though, is Jets Chiefs. 
We got JP5 tweeting in, Jets Chiefs. Dennis, as well, also is very curious to see what Jets Chiefs matchup would look like. Mark tweets in, Bolts Jaguars is the only right answer. The others are sleeping emoji. I kind of like that attitude, though, that he's like, nah, Jets Chiefs, whatever. One's a defensive team. You know, Mike White. Fun story, but you know, probably right. And uh, the Chiefs are uh, the the Jets are a defensive team. They're not they're not going to be this. You know, we're going to score forty five, and, and we hope you can keep up. They're not that team. I'd agree with that. Bolts Jags though. I didn't talk about it much in the last segment, so I'll talk about it here a little bit. But real quick, other tweets we got in. Zach retweeted in Ravens Ravens versus Bengals. Only one that is close to a rivalry. Miami versus Kansas City is the only other matchup that I could see being as good as it is. I would say with Tua it would be, but I think without Tua, number one, I don't think Miami makes the playoffs. But I think Miami versus Kansas City would also be a pretty good one. But I do want to talk Mark's tweet here. Bolts Jaguars, only right answer. The others are sleeping emoji. The, the, the play that Trevor Lawrence is at right now is so high. He is number one in most statistical categories from like week nine forward in like everything he's doing. He, Trevor Lawrence has looked incredible for like a month and a half. He has made Zay Jones, who Bills fans will know, former second-round pick of the Bills. He's turned him into a 100-yard receiver and three-touchdown kind of guy. Christian Kirk, whose contract to me was just obnoxious and absurd. He's turning that contract into, okay, you know, they, they paid for their number one. And Marvin Jones Jr., who has always been a pretty darn good receiver, is doing work there. And, of course, then you also have Travis Etienne, who is, is starting to come along. He's not totally there yet, but they trade away James Robinson because they want to start getting Etienne more involved. Just looking at their stats real quick, Trevor Lawrence right now, 65 completion percentage, almost 66. 3,700 yards passing, 24 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, with two more games to play and two very meaningful games. I know Week 17 they can't lock in a playoff spot, but for them as well, you know they're still going to be somewhat looking at that wild card position. So I think he could get really close to 30 touchdown passes. Etienne exactly at 1,000 yards rushing, 4 touchdowns. And then you look at the receivers. Christian Kirk needs 20 more yards to get to 1,000 yards. He's almost at 80 receptions, 76 right now, 7 touchdown catches. Zay Jones, 75 catches, 778 yards, 5 touchdowns. Evan Ingram, who's really come on as of late, 723 yards, 68 catches, 4 touchdowns. And Marvin Jones Jr., as I have brought up, 439 yards and 3 touchdowns. They're really, really coming along, I think, at the right time as well. And they, they feel like a team that is a year early. They've arrived a year early. But I will say, though, if they had maybe had a guy like Doug Peterson there before Urban Meyer and they had drafted Trevor Lawrence and had a guy like Doug Peterson. I'm not saying they had to have him absolutely, but I think he was available. I believe Doug Peterson was already out as Philadelphia's head coach. So I I almost I'm positive because I think I wanted him to initially go there and he didn't and now he's there. Yeah he could have been yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm so if they didn't yeah, him yeah. so if they had Doug as we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring... 
Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files to the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Peterson, what are we looking at now with the Jets or with the Jags? Trevor Lawrence was the can't-miss quarterback prospect out there, and now he's playing like it. And to be honest, I don't really know any of these can't-miss prospects that have really missed. I'm talking number one overall pick, you tank for this dude kind of guys that have missed. And some people will try to like throw in, what's his name? Oh, the guy for, Ryan Leaf, there we go. They'll throw in Ryan Leaf, but no, because to me there was a real competition between who was number one. It was between him and Peyton Manning. I'm talking John Elway. Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence. To me, those are the three. Those are those are the can't miss. Everyone was tanking for him. That's it's and even with guys that maybe had a better career, Dan Marino had a better earlier career than John Elway, and you could argue had a better career overall. And Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson has better stats than Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck dealt with a lot of injuries, but if we're being honest, all of them hit. Those two absolutely hit. Andrew Luck in a season flipped the Colts from the worst team in football at one and fifteen to in the playoffs. And while his stats weren't the prettiest thing in the world, he got results. He got wins. And in his last two years, when he had a good offensive line, he was electric. He was awesome. And I think the Colts would be a real problem the last two years if Andrew Luck didn't retire due to injuries. But Trevor Lawrence is now starting to hit. And coming into next year, so I mean, let's say this whole thing goes it goes right. They're in the playoffs, and they've got the Chargers at home. And let's say because of the Chargers and because, well, Herbert has his moments of not looking great. We don't really know either what either of these teams will look at in the playoffs. But let's say it goes to the home team. Jags win it. Now, I think at that point, they're probably the lowest seed team, so they could take on Buffalo. And they probably lose in the AFC Divisional round. Okay. Now, I personally, I want nothing to do with Jacksonville. I think Trevor Lawrence is playing unbelievable football right now. Going into next year? You're starting to get a little worried. Cam Robinson will be healthy. That's the thing, too. They don't have their left tackle in Cam Robinson, but I think they're, they're, they're making do. But they'll get Cam Robinson back. Another year of Travis Etienne. Another year of Christian Kirk. Another year, though, the biggest one to me is Trevor Lawrence. He is going to be a sneaky bet, and I'm probably going to put money on him to win the NFL MVP. I'll probably put like 10, 15 bucks down on it. Well, actually, no, I can't because we can't in New York. I'm going to have somebody put money down for me because I think it'll be a great bet. I think it'll be, it's going to be one to kind of watch. I want to see what his initial numbers come out as. But I, anyone that can bet on it, I wonder if my buddy in New Jersey can do it. I might have him do it, and then I'll take half the money from him because I gave him the idea. We'll do, we'll do that. We'll do that. But they're such an interesting team. They are no I don't want Bills fans to look at the Jaguars and start laughing, like especially if if that is the divisional round matchup. They are not even 2 years ago's Jaguars. They're not even really the AFC Championship Jaguars who always had a ceiling. They could have won a Super Bowl. Yes, they absolutely that defense was awesome. Saxonville's a dumb name, but they were awesome. But they had a clear ceiling and that team fell apart quick. This team, because when you always build a team around a quarterback, there is longevity there. That is a team that can keep pushing and keep going for a few years, even when they sign their quarterbacks to a long-term deal because the quarterback, the elite guys, make their team better than they are. They get wins over teams that maybe they shouldn't have. Look at the Bills right now. The Bills came into the season potentially the most talented team in football. That turned out to not be true. The offensive line has a lot of holes. The wide receiver position outside of... Stephon Diggs is very much a big question mark. 
and the secondary had a lot of injury issues. And potentially they could be 14-3. and They have the one seed now at 12-3. and A lot of that is due to Allen being a freak of nature and a phenom and an elite quarterback. Same goes with the Chiefs. They lose Tyreek Hill. Their defense has always been suspect. And yet Mahomes is able to will them to wins at times. Him and Travis Kelsey, really. And likewise, Allen and Diggs at times. Jacksonville is teetering towards having that next great AFC quarterback. And to me, Trevor Lawrence has got a cannon for an arm, an absolute bazooka, 6'6", and he does have wheels. He is exactly what you want in the modern quarterback. And then you look at the, the division he's in. Flat out, we know for a fact, Houston is still rebuilding. Indianapolis is a tire fire. And Tennessee, I think, is heading towards a rebuild. I said a lot at the end of last year that I thought the Jets, especially after the draft, could be a sneaky good team. That turned out to be true, and I was wrong on one thing. I thought Zach Wilson would take, I, would, I thought he would take the next leap. Turned out he didn't. It just turned out their defense was awesome, their playmakers were great, and Mike White's serviceable. But that defense really was a big part of that. I think Jacksonville's that next year's team that that can take that massive leap forward. They have the weapons. They have the coach. And I think without a doubt, they have the quarterback. And if they get a playoff win against the Chargers in that wild card round, and that would be a game I am absolutely glued to if they get that win, even if they don't really. But especially if they do, it is going to be hard for people to not bet them. That's what I'll do. I'm not going to bet Trevor Lawrence MVP. I'm just going to hammer money home that they're going to be like a top three seed. Because I think as well, eventually the Chiefs are going to lose hold of the AFC West, especially with a guy like Herbert in the West. But there is not a soul in that division outside of Jacksonville that can even slightly compete with the Jaguars next year. It is going to be a tire fire of a division. I could see it, honestly. I mean, they could have it wrapped up by week 16, week 15, week 16, because they're just running through teams in their division. And I think they're going to be a real threat. Not potentially to get the one seed because they could go 6-0 and in their division easy peasy and they're kind of just figuring out from there. They're going to have a tougher schedule because they're going to, I think they're going to win the South. But if they're, if they're getting six easy wins right there, it's going to be tough. I think the Jaguars are definitely a threat. I like that idea too of that being the best game. So yeah, thank you for everyone that tweeted in. That's getting us getting connected to our fans. We'll jump around through some more tweets as well. When we come back, we're going to take a quick time out. And when we come back, of course, we'll run through some more tweets coming in about potential AFC, you know, wildcard matchups. What's going on? You know, if the Bills aren't playing, it's going to be a really, I want to say a relaxing week, but it'll also just be nice to see, to me, what is the best weekend in football, which is Wild Card Weekend. We'll also talk a little bit about the MVP conversation. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think it could be good for the Bills if Allen does not win the MVP. We'll talk about that when we come back as we wrap up the show here on a Tuesday. This is WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Here as we wrap up the show on a Tuesday night. Quick final segment. Do want to like mention a little bit about the MVP conversations. That is, of course, drawing to a close. The NFL season, regular season, excuse me, only has two more weeks. Jalen Hurts, I think, is pretty much out of it. Mahomes looks to be the runaway favorite. I believe most bookies had him as a minus 500 favorite to win. I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. I, 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 don't, I've never, I haven't gotten any pushback on it yet. But I am definitely somebody that is not, like, dying for Allen to win the MVP. And, of course, there is a big reason why, for me at least. And some of you may know the stat. You've probably heard me say it before. The last player to win the NFL MVP and the Super Bowl in the same season was Kurt Warner in 1998 with the greatest show on turf. Turf, excuse me. There is not a single team in the NFL this year that is that. And I don't think Mahomes winning the MVP, personally for me, number one, I just don't think the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl this year. I just don't. And I think if he wins the MVP, weirdly enough, and I know there will be a lot of Bills fans out there that will be upset, and rightfully so. Allen has had a great year. But for me, I will actually be somewhat happy if it's announced that Allen did not win the MVP. Because at least for me, especially if it's Mahomes, I just don't think he's going to be the first player to break that streak. I think that is a real thing. And I think a lot of times the MVP is given to a player that sometimes has to drag a lesser team kicking and screaming and can oftentimes cause, obviously as we've seen in the last few years, especially with Aaron Rodgers, 
issues in the playoffs. That's going to do it here on a Tuesday night. I'll be back for the nightcap tomorrow, and I'll be back with Shope, with, with Mike Shope, because Bulldog is off this week. I was going to say Shope and the Bulldog. Bulldog is off this week. I'll be back with Mike Shope tomorrow, starting at 3. This has been the Nightcap, and this is WGR. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.